0: but we're about to talk about some threatened and uh, abused children.
1: Look, what fucking podcast do you think you're on? Um, I pushed the power button on my podcast, my podcast, my PC, my computer, before I sat down to record, and then uh, every electronic device on the first floor of my house just shut off. Oh, that's cool. That's (laughs) good. Check this out.
0: Check this out.
1: I'm checking it out. Look. Oh, we got Reagan in the building. Reagan in the buildy. Reagan in the buildy. What's up, nerds? There there they are. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Whoa. whoa. Uh, Welcome back to Region Free, a show about uh, talking about watching movies and the great state of North Carolina. Because, look. Check it out. Caught us in a weird week a little bit. You may have noticed. um, Check it out. That that we've fallen off of our, our regular schedule, and that's because Blake Hester... Took a little vacation, came down to beautiful North Carolina. And we'll get into your review of the state. Okay. Um, And is also about to be traveling. So we wanted to make sure that we could populate the feed. And and of course, you know, being being two white men with a podcast, we had to watch some movies while while we were here together. So you're seeing the title of this episode as a sort of obscure anime film from Uh the 90s in line with what you might expect. The subject matter and, and topics of this show to cover but of course we've got a lot more to talk about on this episode so while blake was here not only did we watch uh the 1998 uh-huh. anime film kite we watched a little motion picture called fast x uh, in the cinemas and it's been weighing heavily on my mind okay. ever since i saw so it. so this is actually uh,
0: the fast x episode not the kite episode <laughs> no it's
1: we're certainly going to talk about both okay. but you know kite um is basically one episode of an average anime show with uh, a slightly longer budget. May I say,
0: though, how fitting for the first movie of this show we watched in person to be an extremely uh, uh, controversial hentai. That's right. Well, do you want to... We did watch the cut version. We did not see that's the right. things that made it so controversial.
1: An entire 15 minutes have been excised. And honestly, I'm curious to find out what could have been so bad you, to earn this. The d- moniker that you told me in the Alamo Drafthouse lobby, one of the most banned hentais of all time. Which,
0: whether or not that's true, I didn't fact check, but I'm going to believe it's true because it makes me feel like we watched something forbidden. Uh, as it is my understanding... Um, AJ, don't know if you want to bleep this one. Um, just gonna, just gonna mentally prepare myself. Um, the graphic scene of sexual assault on a minor. So look, there you go. It's impli-
1: it's implied. Pretty. So much I believe, in the yeah, film, and that's thematically what it deals with. And there are little, little snippets of what's happening. Yeah. I think still preserved in there, because you see some shots of, of characters So I think getting out I think, of bed with one another. I think
0: in the actual film, that is a scene in it. I don't know if that's all 15 minutes. It seems like there might just be more sex scenes in it, but that, I believe, is the uh, most contentious of the moments, as you might imagine. But the version we watched did not have that, which I feel like makes it not a different film, but definitely... Uh, not notable film as far as i'm concerned i'm not saying i want to see the scene in question i'm just saying i think uh without it you're not left with much uh to think twice about here
1: here's the thing they took all the hentai out of the hentai does does hentai mean is hentai explicitly sexual or is it just adult anime it's
0: japanese for pervert so like in japan if you were to say hentai it wouldn't no one would think of porn. That's kind of a word porn. we've adopted. In Japan, they okay. would use, I believe, just AV, which is an acronym for adult video. Or maybe they've also adopted the word porno. Or maybe some word that I don't know, because I don't speak that language. But hentai does mean pervert.
1: Okay. In English, uh, we'd call that uh, the Blake Hester. Meaning pervert. <laughs> so, eventually, we're, <laughs> we're going to get into Kite by uh, yes. Yasuomi Umetsu, okay. who's a pretty prolific animator and director. Do you know he worked on uh some films? Tell me if you've heard of these Grave of the Fireflies. <laughs> no shit. And uh Akira. <laughs> he was he started as a storyboarder and animator on those films. Wow. Um, and kind of spun out with Studio Arms in the 90s uh-huh. to start producing some of these kind of T V length OVA uh-huh. things. The one that I'm really kind of curious about and still do want to see if I can track down uh, is the film Robot Carnival, which was his Ah, first sort of independently directed um, bit of animation. Seems like it has a really cool cyberpunk aesthetic to it. And, And there are bits of Kite that get very close to something like Ghost of the Shell Ghost in the Shell, Ghost of the Shell. Mm-hmm. She, ghost in the Shell, or even in Akira. Um, really cool cityscapes that definitely invoke Cowboy Bebop mm-hmm. at times. But uh, he, uh, I think Ro- Robot Carnival seems like it's got a little bit more um, the meat on the bone. He also
0: directed uh, this series, Mezzo Forte, which I've had yeah. in my watch list for a long time. And I don't exactly remember why, but he did direct that. I will say the two uh, anime in my watch list... Of the no, of the few anime on my watch list, he has directed probably the majority of them. I think it was Kite, Mezzoforte, and Belladonna of Sadness, which he did not direct, and I haven't watched that one yet.
1: Good it's a good one. Have you seen it?
0: Yeah. Oh. I haven't seen it. That movie rips, that that's so good. That's one of the one of the goats. Um uh, well I've now seen Kite and I don't know, man. Like, you know, I think I was here's the thing. Let me let me if if you'll allow, AJ, I'm gonna commandeer for a moment. I was in I was in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, home. I'm in there right the, now. <laughs> the great state of Cloud Moser, and that's right. AJ was taking me to uh, his local Alamo Drafthouse, which had acquired. This is interesting to me. Had acquired the entire catalog of a rental store going out of business. Is that correct?
1: That's what it seems like to me. Yeah, okay. I know that their their catalog of VHSs and then especially some of the more aged or out of print dvds a lot of the stuff will still have le video recommends stickers on them so the the story as i understand it yes there was a local video store that went out of business and they acquired their entire catalog And, and, and spun up a rental service in the lobby and
0: they do the rentals for free right or do you need to be like a member you just
1: go up to the front desk and you're like let me rent some movies you get that's so cool two movies uh that are due back in seven days. It's so, pretty neat. Uh, support your p- local libraries, kids. So
0: we went to this place, and I mean, it was it was A- AJ. I gotta say, you knocked it out of the park. It was everything I could have wanted. They had Stop. just about every little freak movie I could have hoped for. <laughs> and AJ, like the good dad, dad he is, he said, "Son, you can pick two movies." And I said, <laughs> "I said, you mean it, pops?" <laughs> and I picked, uh, I picked Hisyasu Sato's Splatter, Naked Blood, uh, which is just a barn burner aj i you gotta watch it before the week's up so we can talk sitting on my counter you gotta watch it it's gonna blow your (laughs) little mind and i picked kite and you know i i was really excited for kite because i just knew how scandalous it was and i know i picked one good movie that day but unfortunately i did not pick two good movies because i think this was a real freaking snooze fest this kite film
1: Weird weird little thing. I wanna know a bit about cause you kind of recognized it on site mm. pretty much and clocked it as having this this reputation. And I'm really curious where the sort of I don't want to say like love or adoration, because it really doesn't, you know, it's not something that's I think widely passed around. Yeah. By, but but it getting this kind of cult um following behind it just because by 1998 this is a bit of the story that i want to paint Mm -hmm. as well like anime in the late 90s i think had all but fully broken through in america i think you know Mm -hmm. probably statistically speaking anime in america has never been bigger than it is right now and there are a lot of contributing factors to that one probably being that there's more anime being made than ever before right now and also more people alive and and cg and a lot of processes have made it easier to create anime and their streaming services and whatnot but the kind of well i I wasn't gonna say a lot more people masturbating to it but a lot more people are masturbating i mean i said that kind (laughs) of in jest but also kids kids these days are watching one piece in 15 second chunks in horizontal view on their tiktok screens that's right
0: I knew what One Piece was, like, I had heard of it, but I didn't know how big One Piece was until I was in the Great Island Nation of Japan for the first time, and it was like, they had literally redecorated the entire country to be One Piece-themed. I was like, what the fuck is going on here?
1: When I went to Japan, which was 2015, which One Piece even felt quaintly large back then... The uh, I went to the Tokyo Tower mm-hmm. and the entire lobby of the Tokyo Tower had been converted into this kind of one-piece theme park. Yeah. It was pretty nuts. And now it's just, I don't know, the biggest thing on planet Earth. Well, Luffy, D- Monkey D. Luffy is bigger than Jesus Christ. I feel pretty comfortable saying that. Um, I don't know. Okay, so in the late 90s, the VHS and early DVD boom, I think, contributed to anime a lot. Mm. Tell, tell me if you had a similar experience to this where – if there was a tv program that you liked or you know a cartoon you'd be running to the local walmart or whatever kind of video Um, store and picking up the vhs or the dvd that would have two to three episodes at max on it
0: well so no i was like never super into anime like i definitely watched Tsunami, saw cowboy bebop um no need for tenchu muyo i guess cowboy bebop was adult swim um you know Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh of course but like my version of that would probably be uh the Simpsons as a kid I was such a freak for them that I would watch the new episodes I would watch the syndicated reruns and then once a year my grandma would buy me a box season for Christmas so I get one two three four etc throughout the years and um, that was kind of my version of it. Was like getting that show on DVD, but I never really like. I, I never really got anime DVDs or VHSs or anything like that. And I, I know I had like the first volume of Cowboy Bebop on DVD, which was not the first season. It was like yeah, the first five, five episodes, episodes of the first season. But yeah, yeah, yeah. that was it, that was about it for me.
1: It's like a full decade later, but uh, I had the complete series of Avatar: The Last Airbender on DVD, which. Mm um was released in four episode chunks at a time for a while and actually that show got to a point where the Nickelodeon uh television publishing schedule was so bad that sometimes the DVDs would come out with episodes that they hadn't aired yeah. on television yet. Uh what a what a funny world we used to
0: live in. But I don't I don't want to generalize when I say this, but I don't really fuck with anime. <laughs> well, this is this is the first uh
1: animated film of any kind you covered on the show right
0: that's true yeah, yeah i think so i don't i'm not a big anime fan despite the fact that like probably two of my all-time favorite movies are anime i guess akira which akira and perfect blue very easy obvious answers uh but i i you know what it is i feel like i really like anime and hentai and manga no not so much manga i do read quite a bit of manga. Um, in theory, without ever actually engaging with it. Like, Mm -hmm. I like knowing about it and learning about it, like the creators or hearing about the story. I listen to, like, anime podcasts and watch anime YouTubers a lot.
1: You're looking at pictures of uh, Nami from one piece. I really love the art,
0: (laughs) all the art, Uh, but, like, I I rarely ever actually engage with anime. Even shows I really like. Like, I loved Demon Slayer, this first season, and I probably only watched eight episodes of it. I never, like, finish it, you know what I'm saying?
1: Well... I bring all of that up because that's how this was initially released as an OVA, an original video animation. Um, that Is was that stand for. I hope so. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm ninety nine percent sure that it does, uh, but it was released as two thirty five minute episodes with you know yeah. credits and and openings and stuff that were a part of VHS and DVD releases, and then was kind of stitched together in this
0: longer form film which you know by media blasters by media blasters put out who listeners should be familiar with put out the 964 that we watched also if you follow them on twitter they post a lot of hentai my god <laughs> it's just something i've had to deal with you know being like they're oh, like look, they're at really? what, look at what we found you're not gonna believe it these fell yeah, off dude. a truck <laughs> <laughs> it's like them and uh i think Disco Tech is their name which i followed because they did the uzumaki live action blu-ray and i was like hell yeah i'm following this shit and a lot of hentai entered my life. Uh, Media is maybe not so much, but they did just do the Suicide Club yeah. Blu-ray, which was like long hoped for, and I was like, God, that sucks. They were probably like, tied into a deal and couldn't get out of it when the Sono news dropped. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's so rough. Uh, well, anyway, it's out I'm there sorry. now. I'm preserved sorry. It's a, it, it is. I, I'm, preserved I for, the,
1: for the better parts of history.
0: I waited for it for so long, and then by the time it finally hit Blu-ray, I was like, no way am I buying this.
1: Got me feeling brand new on these on these shelves. Come on, bro! <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, talk to me a little bit about the plot of Kite.
0: Well, you know, we, we we start in media res. A a young girl is ostensibly ending the night of a date with a, what appears to be a regional celebrity TV star, like a
1: TV sitcom mm.
0: kind of guy. He's in a he's in a, at a what are those things called elevator. Yes. With the girl, he's like, mm, "I'm about to I'm about to do my thing." He's talking all nasty, and then an old woman in the elevator is like, "Ah, you're so gross." Typical man. Men are all the same, as they say. And uh, the 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 young man starts mouthing off, dropping ableist slurs like well, they're going out of style. Let's
1: let's put a pin in that conversation, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> or, or maybe just have it right now. So we pop this DVD into my PlayStation Five, right? My beautiful Your Sony PlayStation Five <laughs> immediately PlayStation 5 vomited, rejects it entirely, shuts down completely. Is like the hard drive has been corrupted. You've got to reset the PlayStation Five. It's looking like we're not going to be able to watch this film at all. Luckily, we get through it. I'm trying to navigate the menus because if there's, you know, shouts out to the PlayStation 5 for still having a Blu-ray drive in it that can play 4K Blu-rays and even a couple of um, Region B discs if they're in the UHD format and no sh- oh, yeah, yeah. older form DVDs. But uh, the god-awful navigation menus that Sony programmed onto the DualSense controller to try and control watching a film... It, I. I I forget when I had this thought, but I I think it was when I was watching um, either Kids or Gummo, which we're never, ever going to talk about on this show. But I I plugged, I put that DVD into my PlayStation 5 and I was like, how many people out there do you think have put a DVD of Kids or Gummo into their PlayStation 5 and hit play? Um, Honestly, just have watched a DVD in general on the PS5. Yeah. Put Gummo
0: in my PS5 okay. at least twice, and look, i watched why it,
1: we're on this show.
0: I've watched it twice in the last two years. Kids, though, I don't think I. I think the last thing I stuck kids into. Come on. I think the last thing I put a DVD of the 1995 film Kids into was a PlayStation Four. Okay. So I haven't put that in there, but I have put Gummo in my PS5 twice.
1: You, you bring up that menu and there's just probably 35 different mm-hmm. uh, buttons like all I basically need is play pause go back take me to the top menu
0: It's miserable it's it's frankly astounding that they got away with that and no one sent them to jail
1: So the film starts playing finally um, realize that it's the English dub where like look if I try to go back to the menu my PlayStation 5 might explode um, this guy a not great, not great voice acting the B. Like you mentioned, using some real ableist language, so I was like, you know yep. what? Let's this thing's forty-five minutes long. Let's see if we now, can get into the original on. Japanese.
0: Now hold on, I have a different recollection that he said something in the English dub, and it was real nasty. It was like, oh, I'm gonna lick you up like a like a buttercup. I,
1: I think the first line of dialogue in the film is like. This elevator fucking sucks
0: shit. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's something like that. And then we stopped it to switch to the Japanese. And when we started the Japanese the subtitles were a lot different. He was like, Ah, oh, this elevator's a little rinky dink, huh? He's like, I always then, I always dislike taking elevators. <laughs> and then in the Japanese subtitles and ostensibly the the Japanese uh, voice word. acting. Was the ableist slur. I don't mm-hmm. think we heard it in the English. I think it was a plot twist when we switched languages. Maybe
1: that was it. He was a little too so. little too edgy in English mm-hmm. and then loved that R word. Uh, in Which, you know, reading it, I guess, a little bit better than hearing it, but not a fan. Not something you know I what, enjoy doing.
0: You know what movie really leaned on that word? <sighs> too many, honestly. Mid-90s.
1: You yeah that? <laughs> yeah that movie's kind of a little creep like i like that movie i'm glad it exists he kind of, we kind of let him get away get away with a lot there
0: uh that movie let's watch that soon. that movie is nuts um okay so like he's dropping these ableist slurs and our main character uh, the young girl, she's like, "Nah, I don't fuck with that. And we're like, yes, Queen Slay, we don't fuck with that either. That's Me right. and my boys, we do not like that. She's she dropping a, out a Twitter
1: thread on his ass.
0: <laughs> well, she does the Japanese OVA equivalent of that. She pulls out a gun and shoots him in his fucking head immediately. And this is where we're introduced to the most interesting concept of this film.
1: Well, two of the most interesting concepts of this film. And maybe we should spend a significant chunk of, of the okay. episode talking about these because these are the two coolest ideas that the movie has. The
0: first being timed exploding bullets.
1: Well, technically those come second, but yes.
0: (laughs) What's the first one? Oh, suitcase gun. The the briefcase gun. She's holding like a briefcase
1: kind of handbag thing, and the ends pop off and are two little pistols that Mm -hmm. she shoots. And that's right, baby. Watching this for the first time, you're like, those are odd. Bullet holes, it's like they didn't go all the way through, and there's something still lodged in his forehead. And then, of course, there is, and it fucking pops open like a fruit gusher and blood sprays everywhere. And, and honest to God, thank goodness for this. This movie packs probably five or six great kills into its mm-hmm. tight, tight 45 minute runtime. All the action and frenetic violence in this film kind of really great. It's just that the yeah. plot. And structure of it maybe is so bare bones and generic that you really, in the moment, really liked watching this thing. Was definitely surprised at all of the cool moments of violence and kind of just nastiness yep. imbe- imbued in the film. But basically, as soon as it ended, it was just like, all right, there was pretty much nothing there outside of watching the fun stuff.
0: And- Absolutely. And, and I mean, like... We did watch the sexless cut. I don't know how that would have affected it.
1: I don't think I would have enjoyed it more.
0: <laughs> I don't either. But with the
1: graphic assault scenes.
0: So that is our main character, uh, Sawa. Over time, we will learn more about her backstory. But up front, we basically learn she is an assassin um, who uses various trickery to infiltrate her way into reaching her target sometimes that's through disguises sometimes that is through her own charm and good looks as we see here in the beginning uh, she is working for at least one explicitly shown crooked cop he is the one which i think this is actually kind of fast uh, like a fun plot point he is on the murder beat uh and so he is investing investigating the crimes he is orchestrating, which I'm like, that's a fun little alibi. I I like that. Um, The second character, I was never fully aware of what his deal was other than looking like a fucking pervert, looking like a fucking hentai. Um, This is uh,
1: Kane, the guy with the cool funny glasses and the face that looks like a seal.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so Saab was working for them as an assassin. AJ, you want to take it over from here? Because soon thereafter, we meet our love interest, Oburi.
1: Sure, yeah. We we, we catch up with Oburi, who is also kind of tasked with a similar job. I, I think this is a story structure, at the very least, that has become kind of expected or just a little, like, it's very tropey at this point. In 1998, I have to imagine that it was a little bit more envelope-pushing. But this sort of network of... Children, orphans, young adults who have kind of had Mm -hmm. their lives ripped away from them, and are now turned into street gangs, meant to be uh, accessories to violence, and basically just sort of bounty hunters, or there's some aspect of retribution that I think you can read specifically into Sawa, where, like, the people that we see her killing are not great people, they're sort of violent, or... Gratuitous in one way or another, and her killings are meant to feel, I think, a little bit justified at the upfront, well, even if she's not doing them for great guys.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting, right? Because it's like, you know, the version we watch kind of brushes over it, but it it, it just tells enough that you you get the idea that Sawa was sexually assaulted by one of, if not both, of her captives. Mm-hmm. But in the film. She also is, you know, being ordered to, at least in the case of one person, kill a child rapist. And so you get the idea that she is acting kind of, you know, like playing, (laughs) getting her hands dirty to keep the world clean type of thing, which is a line in Fast X that showed up that I was gobsmacked (laughs) by the the fact they quoted Call of Duty. Uh, But anyway, see, kind of the idea that, like, she has decided to embed with her uh and and this is just just jab, anime uh mm-hmm. terrible anime writing at its worst. Uh she has decided to uh embed herself with her um her
1: predator assault, pre- through, Yeah, that was the yeah. word.
0: Her predators in which to hunt other predators and then allow herself to be used mentally physically and sexually it's all a lot of uh really gross shit going on at once all in to allow this character to kill people who commit the crimes that was committed against her it doesn't make a ton of sense but that's what we're working
1: i mean and and eventually get back at akai yeah but she she kind of ties she connects those dots later in the film of saying in some way, how I compartmentalized being a pawn, in for lack of a better word, is that eventually I knew I would have an opportunity to yeah. get close to and kill this guy who, as we learned also, through the flashbacks, kind of ruined my life.
0: Yeah, and also killed her parents, Yeah, um, which is a plot line. She's wearing their blood as earrings. Let's talk
1: about those earrings. <laughs> kind of her defining characteristic trait outside yeah. of the schoolgirl outfit. Look, the... The sort of opening credits, if you want to call them that, of this film—the first assassination sequence, and then her escape from that building, doing some Batman stunts, leaping off of right. roofs in this little schoolgirl outfit, while some real <laughs> cowboy bebop ass jazz is playing underneath it. Oh,
0: the soundtrack! Soundtrack
1: was incredible. I mean, I was Insane. really, I was really, really in uh, from the jump on this thing, and I, I do right. think kind of that, that opening section is maybe the best bit outside of the. Uh, part with the truck which rock
0: yeah yeah i the soundtrack makes you think you're watching a better film than you are the entire time and i'm looking this up the composer is on foo who uh uh, according to Letterbox, is a musician mostly producing music for eighteen plus productions. So there you go.
1: Sounds like a good career. Honestly, I'm I'm a little jealous.
0: Yeah, the music is nuts in this. Yeah, um, Sama is a character. You know, I, I actually let me back up. Uh, this is not an answer two white guys on a podcast are going to have, but like, why is the Japanese schoolgirl such a prevailing image? For Japan and I don't just mean in like the weird freak stuff you know like I uh I was talking to a friend friend of me in the show Matt Leone, today and we were talking about a series he did at Polygon he works over there called Life in Japan and the first image there the header illustration <laughs> are two girls in schoolgirl mm. uniforms and I was like it's everywhere do you have any idea why that is such a like common image in Japanese media
1: A guess that I would throw out there, kind of, is it just has such a lasting cultural legacy. It's easy for us in America to kind of shorten the purview of world history to the 250-odd years that we've been around. But most countries have existed longer than that, and so it's you kind of can't divorce yourself from that. Now, I don't know anything about the style of Japanese school uniforms throughout history, but I just think it is... A pretty simple shorthand for expressing youth or innocence, and what a lot of these movies do, and kind of now it's come full circle where you see a Japanese schoolgirl outfit and you're almost expecting something twisted or dark, or but just to kind of do this thematic twist that was so pervasive in the 90s of taking. Yeah symbols of innocence and things that you normally wouldn't associate with violence or darkness and just saying like whoa what if we made it twisted like she's wearing a schoolgirl outfit and she fucks and kills
0: yeah and i mean i think that's a a a large problem with a lot of edgy anime manga Right? is like a lot of it is watching uh trauma be inflicted upon children and often women you know which i think there's plenty of uh creators and fans who are getting off to that type of thing and i I think kite is certainly uh guilty of that in multiple ways especially in the ways we didn't see you know like (laughs) kind of kind of uh serving this fantasy by being like look here's a here's a young young girl being uh abused and i think like i think there's that part of it but i also think it's not like siloed only to like dirty shit you know what i'm saying like the polygon feature it's like why is that we should look it up talk about it next episode someone write in please let us know
1: please i'm dying i gotta no. know we were the the purpose of that whole diatribe was the earrings which are pretty cool they've got yeah neat little crystals on them that we later learn are pil- filled with her dead parents blood now me personally wouldn't wear earrings with my parents' blood in them. Well, if they your died, parents are alive. Correct? That's right. Yeah, we're hmm, not so have I'm, not been you, tragically murdered in front of me, so can't can't. Speak yeah, so you can't say that. Yeah, you, so, you don't know. so I don't know. I don't know.
0: <laughs> my parents are alive too, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about the side <laughs> of my neck like that. Um,
1: she she meets up with with Obri, our other kind of protagonist, and you know, child prodigy assassin and. They kind of have a pretty compelling back and forth just talking about their experiences through it. And there's a, a yeah. nice scene where they're walking through an alleyway where there's a nice mirror of two ostensibly normal children who are playing basketball. And they kind of bully them and, and shoot the basketball, and threaten them with guns, which is like, okay, yeah, you know, life's been hard for them. I understand it. Um, and I, I yeah, like. Nobody pays for that one later. Yeah. <laughs> He absolutely does. Never cross those street kids playing ball. That's what I learned uh, four and a half years of living in Brooklyn, New York. Kids on the street playing basketball, don't step to them. You'll get dunked on. Yeah, the
0: kids across the street from your old apartment who will play basketball, the loudest children who have ever lived.
1: That's right. I hope they're they're doing all right. Um, Setting up like a weird almost romance between these two, they almost feel like two characters who are sort of so – divorced from their own humanity or the the realistic conditions of of any quote-unquote normal life that it's like even to imagine them like being in a relationship doesn't feel totally realistic because it's like what does that mean to them but i i really i did like these scenes yeah them talking even if it just kind of is very like generic like you know we're in our late teens and and the world is so mysterious and confusing but obadi sets up that he's Looking to get out, you know, one more job mm. and I'm done. I think it's maybe three more jobs, actually, something yeah, like that. he exactly. like he's kind of working his way up, um, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood style through a tree <laughs> of targets. Uh, well, w- once he gets to the top of that tree, he's
0: out. Well, there's like I feel like there's an interesting nuggets of ideas here. I mean, the the the, uh, the, the one last job type thing is rope, but it gives the story meaning. But like there is this interesting back and forth between the kind of meandering dreamlike love story between Sava and Nobody but like uh and that that contrasted or juxtaposed against like you know scenes of just like graphic hyper violence that is very stylized and uh gratuitous i think it's just it's not a good enough movie to actually do anything interesting with it but on paper i do like the idea of like going between these very like Uh, trance-like scenes of these two characters just kind of like sitting together versus them blowing the holy hell out of Bruce Willis lookalikes, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a moment. But it ultimately never goes anywhere that interesting. I think it's just because it's not that well-written of a film. Not
1: a lot of there there. Not a ton of meat on this bone for, for all of the kind of what I'm sure felt like pretty subversive ideas that it's dealing with.
0: Maybe it's one of those things where it's like, you know, did this come out and immediately disappear in Japan? I know there was like, I think a sequel to it, but it d- didn't seem to have much of a, a long lasting legacy, which doesn't always mean much over there um, or over there. It doesn't mean much. You know, Cowboy Bebop only had one season in a film. and yeah. It has been it's been more, released
1: but, a couple of times both in Japan yeah, but, and internationally. It kind of just keeps popping up and I know that well, it's such a huge industry, but um, I guess
0: I'm wondering is like is that because of its uh, notoriousness more so than its quality? Like what the reason we watched it was not because I had heard it was good. You know what I'm saying? It's like <laughs> does this thing so. keep popping back up because people are like, "Oh, I heard this is so fucked up." Uh makes you wonder. I don't know. I'll
1: read you what the reception section on Wikipedia says. Uh, Kite is okay. controversial in its depiction of extreme gory violence and sexual conduct, including okay. graphic rape scenes involving a very young Sawa, which was depicted only in the extended version. Okay. Uh, which we did not watch. Next bullet point, which you told me, Kill Bill writer and director Quentin Tarantino recommended Kite as uh, part of the actress Chikai Kuriyama's preparation for her role Queen. as Gojo Yubari in the first film, which... Queen? Look, watching this thing, it's like, uh, I definitely believe Quentin Tarantino has watched and enjoyed this film.
0: And he hasn't seen the cut version.
1: <laughs> he was like, no, 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 no. I want the uh, extended DVD.
0: Of course. Uh, it's been a long time since I've watched Kill Bill. Yeah, you know, you know what? There's that anime sequence in Kill Bill that I guess that this would be directly influential on interesting
1: i'm connecting a lot of the dots here the weinstein company acquired the rights to do Mm -hmm. the live action remake that we mentioned earlier uh and another tarantino associate samuel jackson stars in that uh that live action film directed by david r ellis who made final destination 2 and snakes on a plane
0: no shit wow yeah
1: or did he direct this I guess so. Wow. Uh, look, let, let's get into the best section of this film, maybe, which is the kind of extended assassination mission that Sawa goes on, <laughs> like a Bruce Willis Tom Hanks kind of crossover. It's funny that for this, for for this guy's dialogue, the the dubbed version or the subtitled version of the film features dubbed audio, dubbed English for all of his yeah. audio. I liked that. I was like, what's this DVD done to me?" Again? Is my PS5 possessed by some sort of demon? Uh, also, but...
0: re- really quick. I'm sorry. Uh, it was direct. The live action was directed by Ralph Zeman, who directed Gangsta's Paradise and The Zookeeper. Of course. So there you go. Samuel <laughs> starred in The Zookeeper. Um, yeah, the more you know.
1: Oh, yeah. Ellis died. I'm reading this right now. I'm trying to direct the live action, vil- the version of Kite killed this man.
0: Holy shit. Rest in peace to a real one. It also has India Isley in it from Underworld fame. It was written by Brian Cox.
1: Probably not that one.
0: <laughs> I don't know. <gasps> Brian Cox, who produced the uh, American remake of Pulse, Kyoshi Kurosawa's Pulse. Wow. So there you go. The more you know. Huh? I just,
1: I really have to make sure it's not uh, the Logan Roy kite or brian cox it's not um when i when i when i checked out the live action remake of kite on my letterboxd only one mutual had reviewed it do you want to take a guess who it was and what score they had given it
0: well i don't think i saw any of my mutuals so it's no one a big account you would know is it an account i've blocked (laughs) the one account i blocked on letterboxd it might be Dave, David from IndieWire?
1: David Ehrlich from IndieWire gave this thing, I believe, uh, one and a half stars and said, bad film, they should never have
0: made this. Wow, the critic of oh. our time. Sometimes th-
1: sometimes he's right. There and was a-
0: I, what, how, what's his last name? Ehrlich. I always call him David Eldridge. Because <laughs> he- <laughs> He sees fine. He sees yeah. fine. I, I blocked him as a bit, as a yeah, gag.
1: Just called that new Wes Anderson one of his best. Gummy, yeah, critic gummy, of, ga-
0: critic gummy, of our times.
1: Gummy gacked up on that. Look, she's assigned to kill a Hollywood star who's got an identical twin brother, except the difference is they each have a mole- under one of their eyes and this they show the, her the polaroid pictures and they're like hey don't fuck it up
0: <laughs> this is the plot of immortality
1: <laughs>
0: i know you haven't played that but yeah. this is kind of the plot of immortality oh,
1: you've, you've ruined that game for me now i'm going to be paying attention to all the moles that i can
0: Yeah, it's like it's like the plot of one eighth of immortality because there's so many fucking stories in that game
1: well look so i was a professional assassin and speaking of video games, this goes about as well for her as any average level of Hitman does for me, where she tries to catch the dude in the bathroom. That, that it's just a mad scramble for using environmental cues to try and get out of the guards and just beating people in the head with toilets and throwing them in between stalls. But it's a really good, and pretty tense fight scene. And, and and we hit our quota. That's right. There's vomit in this the scene. Vom- she kicks a dude so hard. Is it in the balls or in the stomach first? Because it's twice. It might be both. I think she I think she punches him in the stomach first so hard that he pukes up his whole lunch. You can see carrots and peas yeah. coming out there. And then there's a great kick to the nuts later. But um, basically, yeah, she just flubs this assassination attempt. I mean, she does end up killing everybody there. But it ends up with, yeah, just toilets spraying, water everywhere, the entire bathroom destroyed. And then they're... They end up uh, – one of the guards kind of bursts through the door, grabs her, and jumps out the window. And in a really weird decision, as they're in free fall, I think is when we get the majority of her character's kind of backstory that we've pretty much oh, already yeah. touched on where – in this moment where we're supposed to be like, oh, is this maybe kind of leading to her tragic death or something like that? It's just like, look, no, she – knows her parents were murdered by Akai and Kane and has embedded herself with them and allows Akai to sexually assault her repeatedly as a way, as a means of this long plot for revenge, which is where she's been moving for her entire uh, adult life. And then we cut back to, yeah, she's free falling and they land on a truck, a kind of gas truck, push the truck through the, the streets of... I believe we're in Tokyo, right? Um, yeah.
0: There's some Looney Tunes-ass shit, if I've ever seen it.
1: Into an underground subway station, and then somebody else tries to intervene, and that ends up pushing the truck again through all the way into the sewer system. Look, I loved this. This was awesome. It was <laughs> so good.
0: It was a great segment. Um, Yeah, it goes so hard. I think also a sign falls that they've been hanging on at some That's point right. all the way through. Like... There are cars stacked on trucks, stacked on trains. It's some wily coyote shit if I've ever fucking seen it. I've got
1: no I've got no qualms with the action in this film. And I think oh, sure. that this 90s anime aesthetic, we've invoked Cowboy Bebop quite a lot, but this mm. hand-drawn style where maybe they're just starting to flirt with the first applications of CG to help smooth over some of those processes or even some of the background stuff. Like I love this aesthetic and honestly if you showed me anything from this era um if it wasn't morally repugnant which maybe this film gets about as close to that as i would allow it i'll probably have at the very least a good time watching it and appreciating it for how it looks
0: (laughs) it has a nostalgic tackiness to it which i actually think cowboy bebop does not i think cowboy bebop just exists in its own realm of style but this feels like so many dvds you saw at suncoast video that you never watched but it has just like that that very uh that trademark style of a lot of anime that was coming out in the mid to late 90s to early 2000s where honestly a lot of it looks pretty it, uh samey to me but it still has this like this nostalgic quality mm-hmm. to it even though it does look very uh kind of cookie cutter to other uh, probably trashy anime I saw at Suncoast that I would never remember.
1: When when you do get a really great scene, like I think her escape in the kind of opening credits is, yeah, it just like is imbued with this iconic feeling to it. Like yeah, this, yeah, yeah, This style was so influential and really so important that. I
0: also, th- sorry, go ahead. I was done. The box art is very good, though. The cover. Art.
1: I like I like them all. Yeah, it all it all looks good.
0: You like them all. Oh, I haven't seen all of them. I only see the one because I don't pay for letterboxed. Yeah, there's a a
1: there's a cool red poster that I think is kite remastered that looks like a persona game almost.
0: Oh, very cool. Now Uh, I'm just looking up I'm Googling kite anime. Oh yeah, this is very oh. oh. Found something. It was very it was very cool. Nice. Oh, huh. I don't think that's the one stuff I'm talking happens. about. <laughs> Interesting you, stuff happens when you Google kite anime.
1: You find out maybe why it was uh, banned in several countries. Is this the one you're talking about? Uh no, it's the maybe one of this one, that one, that one's oh, okay. cool. Yeah, yeah, that's very yeah. cool. Podcasting audio medium. Where Blake is showing me images on his phone, held up to his webcam. Google
0: kite anime, <laughs> folks at home, <laughs> play along. Um, Guess no, what I, we're I didn't talking see any. I didn't see anything too gnarly, but I saw this, which I feel like gets it its point across.
1: And that's basically in the. Is it uncensored? For ver- like, there are flashes of this. You like that? Look, nothing nothing wrong with that.
0: You like that, you hentai?
1: Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I'm looking at that briefcase gun. Uh, Akai kind of intervenes, saves her, and then we get into the. Weirdly muddy final act of this film where nobody's mm-hmm. motivations really make sense anymore even though all yep. of these characters are on pretty clear paths Aubrey wants out he's basically declared I'm done Akai is like nobody gets out you're gonna kill this fucking dude and then you can get out and for some reason Saw was like cool I'm gonna go along with that I definitely buy that even though I don't uh, <laughs> fuck with the Kai and his whole thing she does end up killing Kane off-screen, mm-hmm. kind of a bummer. Uh the kind of second-in-command lackey. And then we learn that there's been a lot of double crossing and secret motivations and yeah. all of these sorts of things. But the long and short of it is that Sawa's kind of betrayal plan goes off without a hitch. They get their revenge on Akai. And Sawa and Obi are going to be reunited, but tragedy strikes, uh, Obri shot down in the streets, and then the movie ends on a very ambiguous note about what the future for Sawa looks like.
0: Yeah, and that's it. I and mean, that's it.
1: The credits roll and you're kind of just like, "All right." I liked watching it, yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I just like, I don't mean to harp on this, I do feel like it would have been a much different experience had we watched the uncut version, which like, I'm not particular interest in in watching but I feel like we watched a we watched a movie without the things worth talking about in it and so we're left with something that's like yeah I guess that's pretty gnarly you know it's it's a pretty unremarkable movie that makes me think it's like what could be in those 15 minutes worth talking about that isn't just despicable and is really are despicable things really worth talking about a shocking story on that, you know. A
1: shocking story of violence, abuse, and perverted self-justification. There you go. Which is basically, you know, that's all here. Yeah. It just wasn't brought to life, maybe with the greatest uh, backbone.
0: Yeah, you want to talk about Fast X? Looks cool. You want to talk about Fast X? Here's the thing about Fast X. Yeah, AJ. please tell me. The worst movie I've ever seen, but I had a rocking good time. I'll tell you what.
1: Yeah, look, uh, as a purveyor of the Fast franchise, which I know right. you are not, uh, mm-hmm. this is a really bad movie. Really, really bad. And Some I, are
0: saying the worst movie they've ever seen, which is me.
1: Some have said that on this very podcast. Is it the worst movie I've ever seen? No. The, has the director of Fast X, Louis Leterrier, directed what I consider the worst movie I've ever seen? Yes, what? Now you see me, which I should have known going in. Oh, uh, I, I haven't seen that. I hate that movie. Uh um, That's
0: the one Leo did the video about, right? Great video. Yeah. Bad movie. Um
1: yeah. noted. It it I I want to give it some credit because it was a particularly troubled COVID production, and mm. I think that lends a lot of mm-hmm. credence to my biggest issues with the film, which is that it's almost two straight hours of characters walking into different warehouses and meeting (laughs) other characters and then nothing ever happening like there's a very i don't think we need to lay out the plot of it but it's kind of just like you're you're meeting it's like fuck how are we gonna get out of this car problem you walk into a warehouse or a restaurant or internet cafe and someone's like I'll take care of this. I got you. And then they're like, well, actually just kidding. Nope. We have a different problem. Now we got to go somewhere else and do this. Uh,
0: what's up with the internet cafe? It just seems like such a, who is this film marketed towards that would have any memory or knowledge of a internet cafe, which I think you can tie a lot of this film's issues down to that simple thing is it's a movie (laughs) made for no one. It feels like. And yet the
1: screening that we saw, People were quite literally hooting and hollering That's the entire right. oh, time. My Lord. Felt like a damn. Uh, felt like the honestly, I felt like I was back at the damn pitbull concert. People were stomping, <laughs> clapping, cheering, yelling, dancing, dancing uh, in the aisles, having the the world's greatest time at at Fast X. I will say there moments. is one
0: song in Fast X that goes so hard. It's by the artist Bia. I think B I A. These movies always have good soundtracks. I'll tell you Which- that. I was so excited to go home and listen to it. Turns out that song is thirty seconds long. <laughs> I was is, so it the, is this
1: the one that plays when they go to the Rio de Janeiro street race? For the yes, time? <laughs> it's,
0: it, they play literally the entirety of that song. I was like, "Well, all right." It's oh, what is that? I think it's called "It's Furious" it's by furious.
1: BIA. Look, I I like all of these characters. I like yeah. the overall beats of the franchise, and so a movie that basically does callbacks to every other fast and furious movie and pretty much puts every Mm -hmm. character alive or dead from the past films into it i should be eating out of the palm of its hands, but it's so sloppy it's so just uh generic and pointless Mm -hmm. and doesn't even like set up a sequel to itself in a good way because a lot of these characters just kind Mm -hmm. of walk on screen and like like I'm thinking of Jason Statham specifically where they're like – they make it a big deal of like we have to recruit Jason Statham to help us on our mission. And they go get him, and he's like, fuck you guys. I'm not helping you on your mission. And then they're like, Jason Momoa, who – pause – rocks. The best part he's of this so film. so good. Uh, Boy,
0: but as Jacob pointed out, who also saw this with us, Jacob Geller, friend of the show, uh, maybe the most homophobic performance ever in a some, movie. Sometimes, is, sometimes homophobia ser- is good is what I'll say. Which is certainly not true, but – Pretty close. <laughs> he's, yeah
1: uh they're like you know we're all under threat and jason statham just goes like okay gotta take care of my family and then drives off and you're like what was the point of any of this
0: <laughs> yeah. okay when i say this i'm not trying to act holier than thou but i do just want to walk you through my thoughts here because i had the same experience watching uh ant-man that's Quantum right quantum of solace <laughs> quantum mania quantum dream, dream you're referring of
1: course to the uh 30th marvel studios film ant-man and the wasp yeah. colon quantum mania directed by peyton reed
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i so i went and saw that movie which was the first mcu film i had seen since the very first avengers okay and then i saw fast x which was the very first fast and furious i'd ever seen and watching them I apologize up front. I was watching them both. I had the same thought. I was like, well, yeah, this is bad. But this is what I thought these movies were. So cool. I'm having fun. And in both cases, I was shocked to learn these are the bad ones of these. So what's the disconnect where this is what I always thought they were, but they're apparently the other films are way better. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, what is it that wasn't in this film that makes the Fast series so engaging? And I guess similarly for the MCU, but that's not important. Because watching Fast X, this is just what I always thought these movies were. Like when the movie ended, I was like, "Hell yeah, dude! That's what a Fast and Furious movie is." I that's <laughs> what I thought the they cars, were they for the last. Fast. Yeah, I was like for the last twenty years. That's what I imagined these were. So what are they actually?
1: Yeah, I don't want to be flip about it. I, I think <laughs> this one in particular was truly more than ever before, uh, completely missing a story. Now. Is there there a narrative? Is there a backbone? Is there a propulsion to it? Jason Momoa trying to hunt down and and systematically murder uh, Dominic Toretto's family to get revenge on him? Yes, that's a story uh, idea. Mm -hmm. What happens in this film? Uh, About two hours of characters walking into warehouses and, you know uh highly paid and attractive actors meeting each other and going isn't it crazy that we're in this movie together and then walking <laughs> off screen the um there's the the but they
0: drive the cars they drive I don't the, know.
1: not enough there's of a, the driving of the there's cars. there's a honestly. race
0: though there's a race
1: the race bit was good the rome okay. chase i liked a lot the right. final action sequence is stupid but in a way that i'm like look at least okay. it's stupid in this way
0: <laughs> okay helicopter nunchucks was fucking helicopter nunchucks
1: rocks john cena and his um tears of the kingdom rocket mobile very cool (laughs) that a child does legal murders with
0: so so i guess what i'm asking is like pitch me on taking the time to go watch other fast and furious movies if like uh, this is the bottom of the barrel
1: characters you would actually care about and okay. are, are interested in um okay the one right before this f9 colon the fast saga is one that yeah. i really like and has some of my okay. favorite bits in the the, the fast franchise and the plot of that one uh is john cena's the bad guy vin diesel's secret brother <laughs> who's who's coming to get revenge on him but there are really well done flashback sequences in that film that are actually shot on beautiful 16 millimeter film to, to oh. young Dominic Toretto and young uh, Jacob played yeah. by John Cena and kind of elucidates some of uh, why his, his uh, passions in life are so intrinsically tied to cars and motor racing and about how. Uh, he abandoned his family in the past, and so that's why he feels so connected to keeping his family together in the present. Uh, that one's okay. really cool. And then, of course, yes, that movie also features uh, Ludacris and Therese Gibson flying a car out into space. But yeah. there's some, there's some, in the vaguest sense, semblance of of pathos and, and connection and kind okay. of when that movie ends, I feel like uh, even if it's not, Uh, artfully done that a story has been told to me and i've experienced a complete motion picture uh, as opposed to this which was just a a compounding headache for a while yeah that's how i felt about fastx a lot of noise okay and and audio visual stimulation like a little carrot on a stick being waved in front of me (laughs) and then saying the carrot's going away
0: come back in two years uh maybe you'll finally get that carrot and the ladies beside us are going to run as fast as they can towards that carrot for the rest of their lives as far as I can tell. Look, talk. yeah, I
1: don't I don't hold it against people because, like, people people care about sports. You know what I mean? Yeah. People get sure. a lot of return on investment out of sports, keeping up yeah. with their favorite teams, their favorite players. They get yeah. invested in the narratives and the events. Couldn't be me. That shit's dumb mm-hmm. as hell. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, some people have the same relationship t- to movies as I do mm-hmm. to sports, where they're just right. like, I don't look. I watched the World Cup finals a couple months ago, uh, France versus Argentina mm-hmm. was a great athletic competition. I had a really great time watching it. it was very tense. It was very invested in it. But I was like, cool. I'm good on sports for four or five years, and right. that's how some people show up to the movie theater. So I don't hold it against. I don't hold it against anyone. Uh, but. Okay. We can can do better. We can demand better out of our entertainment. And Fast X does not live
0: up. Okay, well, then let's talk about this, AJ, as we wrap up. Please do. Oh, first off, any recommendations for Kite? (sighs) I mean,
1: Perfect Blue, Belladonna of Sadness, a a better anime film, Jinro. (laughs) uh, Sailor Sailor and the Seven Balls. Redline. Sailor and the Seven, is that like a porn parody of Dragon Ball and Sailor Moon? yeah did i nail that it. did i get that perfectly
0: 100 percent, right on yep that's it It looks like it's made in a the spider-man cartoon maker the it's pretty bad
1: uh spider-man cartoon maker. what are you
0: talking about oh you never seen spider-man cartoon maker Hold like
1: on. the yeah. the 90s yeah. series like the meme yeah,
0: spider-man cartoon
1: maker across no, it's a video game across the spider-verse
0: no dude it's called spider-man cartoon maker it's an old like uh computer program you could make your own cartoons in for spidey man look here you go check this shit out
1: They're oh cool. wow yeah.
0: it's what sailor in the seven balls looks like it was animated oh of
1: course i know this aesthetic
0: yeah you ever seen uh sailor in the seven balls uh, believe it or not i haven't oh man let me see sailor in the Seven. Oh, there you go so, wow it pops right up jesus christ uh, the way I ended up with the DVD of Sailor and the Seven Balls was uh, I stole it, shoplifted it, believe it or not, um, from a comic book convention. Don't tell the cops. Maybe that's the thing you uh, should do. But I... Uh, so I guess that's my... Steel perverted anime. This is from Anime News Network, about the smallest JPEG in the world I'm sending your way. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's my um, recommendation. Go go find Sailor in the Seven Balls. Don't tell the cops I sent you.
1: Recommending the Paul Schrader film, Master Gardener, in theaters right now. Don't know if it's okay. good or not, but I'm going to see that at 10 p.m.
0: tonight. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay, next movie we're watching. Here's my question. <laughs> to ask it. What the is schedule? it? <laughs> I'm about to leave the country. Yes. Yeah.
1: So Blake's going on a redacted trip. To a country that neither of the films we've talked about today are from.
0: (laughs) That's not true. (laughs) One of them. Wait. No, I'm I'm trying to hide. I'm trying to hide your tracks. Here's what I'm wondering. I'm going to ask this in front of the listeners. Yeah. What if we brought back a classic? Q and (laughs) AJ.
1: I don't know. I don't know if people
0: want to hear that. And you do it on Splatter Naked Blood. Okay. And then I can just watch a porno. It's not a porno. It's a softcore porno. Okay, it's a pink film. A little time. <laughs> by a legend, a cinema legend. Hisayasu Sato has not got his due credit in the cinema world. Um, and you record a Q and A J about it. I've been dying so to I see. So I can it. enjoy that. So I can enjoy that as a massive fan of that movie and of you. Look, And I don't know. Maybe I can like just write. I can just like send you some prompts that you can answer. I'll read
1: off. I'll read off our text conversations, or I'll plug. I'll plug. Uh, I'll, t- I'll I'll watch it. I'll text you my live reactions to it. I'll plug your texts into an AI voice generator okay. and I'll have a conversation with that.
0: Okay. Will you actually will you actually do a and a Absolutely. What if that's what, if that's what you'd like on your show. Uh, God, it is. Yeah. I think you're going to I'm writing this one down. Unlock on you in are the going stars. to you are going to freak out over this movie. <laughs> you are not going to believe your baby boy eyes. I have it, looked at
1: a couple of uh
0: don't look at any more.
1: I've looked at a couple of Letterbox reviews. I know things that pop out, things that go places.
0: Oh, <laughs> that means you probably know the most famous scene, but it, you're still not ready for the sounds in Splatter Naked Blood. Well, and after that, you know, we can watch a few more Sato films because he's he's a maverick, dude. He's a genius. We've I'm got pilled.
1: some plans for uh, yeah things that are going to be happening when you get back. So if you've missed the regular scheduling of region free due to uh various number of things i promise you that zelda travel yeah, in a week or two or a month maybe from when we're recording this eventually the two next little mini series that we've got ready to rock
0: are going to be so good uh yeah we so- just have to wait for me to get home and mike Mahardy to get married i think and then we can <laughs> record again There's a lot to look forward to,
1: but uh, in the meantime, thank you for your patience, and thank you for your flexibility, and thanks for supporting the show and listening to the show and uh, watching these fucking freak-ass pervert movies with us. Uh, Good night. Uh, Well, I don't know what time of day they're listening to this, so I didn't know what to say. Good, 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 good
0: time. Good time.
1: Oh, should we do that?